Hello and welcome to Finance, Energy and Beyond, brought to you by Stanbrook Consulting, a specialist recruitment consultancy for the finance and energy markets. I'm your host Jack Hopper and in this episode I'm joined by Shania Ferdinand, Enterprise Community Strategy Director at NatWest. Shania tells us about her journey from working in branch network to supporting ethnic minority businesses at NatWest. I hope you enjoy. Shania, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being here. It'd be great just to get a bit of an introduction as to who you are and and what what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm Shania Ferdinand. I work at NatWest as an Enterprise Community Strategy Director. Sorry, it's still a newish title, so I still have to think (laughs) about it. Um, But ultimately, I lead on, uh, I guess, creating our strategy for how we better engage with and support um, business owners from ethnic minority backgrounds. It's really, really interesting. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about how you're how you're actually doing that and what you're doing to support some of these businesses is quite a unique role right and uh, I think uh, it'd be great to get into a little bit more about your role and what you're doing to support these communities mm-hmm. but also a little bit about your journey as well about a little bit about your career and how you've mm-hmm. ended up at this role because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some people listening thinking well how do you get into that like what mm-hmm. what's been your journey so yeah let's start there Tell me yeah. a bit about like what your journey has been with that West. Yeah, I was going to say uh, to be to be able to talk about what I do now, I kind of have to give a <laughs> general speech anyway. Um, so I joined the bank um, back in 2011, which it's crazy. Um, I was clearly only two years old at the time, um, <laughs> and I joined um, in in our telephony team. Um, and at the time, I was doing a master's degree um, in events management at Birmingham City University. Um, and yeah, I worked in the, t- the uh, ultimately I joined the team thinking this is just going to be like a, you know, a, a part time side role while I do my master's degree. And then eventually I'll go out and start my incredible <laughs> events career and and go from there. Um, so I worked in that team for sort of the year and a half that I was doing my master's degree, finished my master's and because um, I went to university in Bristol before that and so my intention was never to move back to Birmingham but just because of sort of financial stuff and also there was a really great course at BCU um, it made sense to do that but literally the second I finished my degree I was like right wasn't supposed to come back to Birmingham so let me get out of here um, and also um, maybe naively at the time I thought all the best jobs are going to be in London so that's that's where I'll get my incredible events job um, but it sort of made sense for me to apply internally as I was always already working for the bank, get myself down to London. And then the plan was I'll go and and find that, as I say, that incredible events job that I keep talking, alluding to. Um, (laughs) So then I moved into retail banking. So I worked in the Tottenham Court Road branch um, for, I think, again, another two years. Um, so you look surprised, like you probably could have walked no, no, into I, me at the time. <laughs> no, I've worked in branches previously myself. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I like it. I like it. I think it's great experience to do that. Oh, it really is. And I think the, the great thing about it, it was so interesting. So being um, in telephony, there was it was it was almost and this is going to sound weird, but it's almost as if because you're on the phone, you're talking mm. to people and of course you're engaging with them. But it's very easy to kind of like 
sit that down and then walk away and almost feel like that that's not a really real experience because it's like a disembodied voice right but then when you're in branch and especially because I used to love being out in the banking hall and greeting our customers it's all of a sudden you've got faces to these people and it, I don't know there's just something a bit more tangible about working in in I think in a branch role and um, so that was a really great time as well and sort of I was in my 20s in London, had was having a really great time working with those colleagues. Um, and then, yeah, worked in um, a branch role for um, two years. And um, during that time, I was looking for this amazing events job, as you can tell by the way I keep saying it. That co never quite came around. And so I kind of made the decision, do you know what, actually, as an organisation, it's a massive organisation. There are a lot of jobs, there are a lot of roles, lots of opportunity. Let me just throw my lot out there and see what comes up and um, I ended up um, interviewing for a role in business banking and at the time it was to work in the city which was quite exciting because like the West End was lovely but actually I don't know there's something about the thought of working in the city and being like in the financial hub although I'm, I was not very I was never been a financy person is one thing I'll always say and I find it quite interesting because throughout my career when I say I work for NatWest people will be like Oh, so you're a banker and it's not something I've ever identified as, but there is something exciting about, oh, I'm going to go work in the city and be with all the people in suits. Um, so moved to working in the city in business banking and that was um, the role that I was doing at the time was more about um, onboarding business customers, understanding their businesses. And when I'd worked in telephony previously, actually, I'd been working um then the, the work that we did was around supporting business customers and one thing I remember thinking when I moved into branch banking although it was a lot more tangible there was something even at that time that I remember thinking oh I actually quite miss working with business customers there's something like exciting about entrepreneurs hearing about people's businesses what they're doing and so then when I moved back into business banking I was like actually like I don't know they just you know you just feel a connection with something and it's not something mm. I'd ever thought about before or or would know that I would have that connection but it was ultimately through that that I always I always feel like my career journey kind of began and and also what inspired me to kind of go down this path so sorry we're getting to the meat now I hope um, right. well, I like it I like it um, so yeah working in business banking at the time there was a team called the enterprise team which um there was um, part as part of the team, there was a massive focus around women in business and some of the um, sort of disparities between the amount of women who start up in comparison to men. And being a woman, that was just something that I guess spoke to me. And I was like, actually, why are there why are there these disparities? I want to be able to like help. I guess help women feel like they can start a business and have have those moments where we can inspire people to um to to come together and feel like they can achieve their dreams ultimately and um around the same time the role that I had been doing was actually discontinued but a brand new role was created um it was called a business growth enabler role um and the MD of business banking at the time was really um passionate and focused on us being more than just a provider of financial services and he wanted us to be able to get out into communities help people access our services but also be like connectors to um other organizations that were also providing business support and so I applied for that role and I remember one of the, the key things on the kind of I guess the job criteria was um being sort of like a person who has an ability to network as you can tell from this very long-winded story I love a chat so I was like <laughs> um the second part of the role was um 
organizing networking events for those business customers and I was like oh. finally an events job this is what my, <laughs> my my education was preparing me for tick and then the third part was again just being able to connect people to the services they they needed which if I'm honest at the time I didn't necessarily think about being a speciality of mine but I was like I'll, I'll get there it will happen naturally <laughs> and so being in this space of having this newly created role that was working with I guess a group or a community of people that I thought that's quite exciting being able to utilize skills that I'd been wanting to utilize but also being um, invited along to women in business events and hearing more about these things that just I guess it just really triggered something for me and then I guess by virtue of being a black woman it really made me think I love all the work that we're doing in the women in business space but actually what about people from black backgrounds? What about people from Asian backgrounds? Like I know that just through my own life and experience that there are um, sometimes issues, challenges, barriers, whatever you want to call them, um, and that people face. So that made me start, I guess, cultivating a bit of a, a networking following, but also wanting to stake my claim in that I want to do this is the kind of work I want to do when I'm bringing people together these are the kind of groups I want to bring together because I want to be able to create these spaces where people can feel they can come and they can get knowledge and they can meet each other connect share and all of that stuff and um, through doing that I think internally there were a few opportunities that came up like because I think of the team that I was in, I was the person that had kind of done the most women in business and the, event, the most ethnic minority business events. And there was an opportunity to um, be on, actually, I can't remember which one came first, but ultimately something led to me being suggested to, I think, be on an all staff call with RMD at the time, which having never met really many senior leaders, that was for me like very exciting, but also intimidating at the time. But then being on that all staff call led to me being invited to like record a video to talk about the work that we were doing, which led to me being invited to participate on a podcast that we were doing at the time. I got to meet June Sarpong, which was really exciting. Um, and it, it was kind of like through doing stuff like this and then getting, I guess, recognition for doing things like this bank wide that a role ended up coming up in commercial banking that was focused on business inclusion and working with um, one of our leaders at the time who was really trying to connect, um, I guess, thinking about how do we do D&I work but connect to the customer experience to that because at the time our CEO was really focused on being the number one um, bank for like customer advocacy and making sure we were supporting customers and she was like well if we want to think about D&I and make it meaningful to our colleagues it needs to be customer centric um, mm -hmm. so ended up applying for that role which at the time I was like this feels like the perfect role for me got the role and um, funnily enough I'd actually already applied to take a couple of months out to go traveling in Asia and I remember when I was applying for it thinking oh gosh I'm going away for two months like well if they want me to start straight away um, they're never going to give it to me luckily I did end up getting it went away to Asia and then when I literally a couple of weeks before I came back um, got a call from my new boss to say by the way, I don't want you to worry, but I've actually gotten an amazing, been offered an amazing opportunity to go and work at another company. So I'm going to be leaving. And I just remember no. at the time being like, oh, OK, um, really excited about this role. But also, what does that mean for me? Um, type yeah. thing. But actually, I almost feel like that 
work really um really helped elevate me because where I was going to be supporting her in the work she was doing which would have been fantastic to be able to learn from her what ended up happening is the enterprise team that I've previously mentioned to you where they were doing a lot of women in business work um the the head of that um who's my current boss at the time at the moment as well she recognized that the work that I was going to be doing she's like we need that in this team and it really aligns with what we're doing so yeah I'm going to bring you into my team um and then what it meant for me was actually I got another new role that was a blank sheet of paper that I was able to kind of shape and create and really think about what is it I want to achieve and how do I want to do this which now in hindsight I've realized is when I kind of I feel like I actually thrive and flourish through doing that rather than having a role that's kind of these are the set your objectives are set yeah exactly um and so it was then in that role that it was kind of like you know we do a lot of women in business stuff and I know you've supported this but actually maybe we think about what can we do in this ethnicity space and so in terms of the work that we as an organization do to support business owners as I've mentioned we had this um we started off having this um focus around how do we provide more than a sort of like financial services to businesses um and I think it was seven or eight years ago now um there was also our um, entrepreneur accelerator program was created um and ultimately the program is a six-month program where entrepreneurs can um come on they apply they come on they receive coaching mentoring um they have access to our hub spaces ultimately can have like desk space obviously that then gives them access to all the other entrepreneurs that are on the and really um, um, build networks Um, we also do like thought leadership events and then where appropriate they're depending on the work that they're doing sometimes we're able to also make connections internally um to some of um i guess some of the services and things that are that our bank does as well yeah. so that we're able to um, supply some of those whether it be to our customers or our colleagues so it's a really fantastic program and so many entrepreneurs have been through it and have really been able to kind of like grow their businesses and formulate their ideas and at the time I was like wouldn't it be like working with colleagues who were on, who worked on the program specifically I was like wouldn't it be great if we could try and bring this out to some of the communities because one of the things that we find is um, I guess when it comes to um, certain communities the um, I guess trust-based relationships with banks historically has been eroded and so sometimes there's still that um, sentiment that that banks don't want to help individuals and business owners Um, and so I was like actually with the work that I want to do it would be really great to be able to bring this out to the community so we working alongside the entrepreneurship team as they were called at the time um, we utilized I guess the content and and the um, accelerator sort of program package and we're like let's bring it out to the communities let's advertise it specifically for people from ethnic minority backgrounds and and essentially run a pilot and see what happens so we ran a pilot in London and had um uh, 50 entrepreneurs apply go through the program I think it was um we did like a 12-week version of it at the time and so as, alongside like delivering content around sort of customer discovery how to um um sort of create and cultivate an entrepreneurial mindset think about your finances and different aspects uh, that people need to think about to sort of start up and grow a business and um, we also had these sort of face-to-face events and we brought in sort of some external um black business owners who were doing some really great things at the time um 
uh, to, to speak to them as well. And it was, I think it was just like a really nice community and it was a really mm. positive thing to be able to, to, to sort of trial and do and see. And so then the following year we did it again, but we wanted to like sort of make it bigger, bring it to more cities. So we sort of did it or were attempting to do it in London, Birmingham, Manchester and Bristol and Edinburgh. And we had, I think across the, the five cities, we had about, I think over 350, maybe up to 400 people actually sign up. And wow. Yeah, which was really exciting. And I was like, yes, it's going to be fantastic. And then um, this was all sort of supposed to happen in the second week of March 2020. Um, <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, the story, we're reaching the climax and then boom, disappointment. But no, actually, so obviously we weren't able to then run the face-to-face -face elements of the program, which was a shame because actually one of the great things about doing this was for me to be able to bring networks together and have people in these spaces to, you know, feel safe, collaborate and all of that stuff, feel like I identify with the other entrepreneurs that are in this room. Um, but we, as, as everybody did, we ended up converting it to a digital program and we did still run it and people still came along. And I do hope that there was still that value add that, that they gained from it. But it's just the face-to-face -face physical in the room element wasn't able to be done. Um, mm. But it was also obviously around that time that we know a number of organizations and worldwide globally um after george floyd's murder in may that there was this i guess this moment of oh wow racial inequality still exists yes it's in a different format than it was 200 years ago but it's still happening and people are still feeling um these things and it was a really interesting time in the bank because i remember conversations that I used to have with um, my black colleagues and Asian colleagues I started having them with white colleagues and I remember thinking this is don't know this is interesting like people feel like they actually want to listen and they want to learn and they want to hear this stuff and don't get me wrong of course they're always um, and still I think some people who still don't get it and maybe never will but the, I think one of the key things for me that has kind of changed is that I now feel safer to be able to call out some of these things and hit and, and have some of these conversations and feel like I'm not just I don't want to use the term making it up but I guess that I'm not just like making a mountain out of a molehill I guess is, is 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 the better probably better phrase so sorry so all of this happened anyway so 2020 came around and there was this moment of well what can we do what should we be doing and I remember I was asked at the time to um look at what um what are the who are the partners that we should be working with and what should we be thinking about doing in this space and I remember taking the opportunity to be like I'll do that but actually I'm also going to um, suggest a few other things that we could maybe do with the like notion that I know we can't do everything because I think I ended up suggesting like nine separate things and <laughs> but you gotta we, try exactly I was like at least the the, the 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 insights there for people to say okay we'll take or leave it and I remember there was one day where our CEO at the time held like a bank-wide listening session and it was a case of ask me anything and it, this is, I think, the first time, maybe the first time I'd probably properly engaged, but the first time I felt like it literally was just 
everyone was asking questions and she, she was answering them, handling them really well. But then at the end of the call, because there was there's never going to be enough time, um, she said, look, if anybody has a question that they didn't get a chance to ask, email me and yes, I'll yes. come back to you. And I, I took that literally and essentially this document that I created with all these suggestions, I was like, I'm just going to do it. So I emailed it to her and was like, I really like, would love for us to do more in this sort of um, entrepreneurship space for people from um, ethnically diverse backgrounds. Here's some ideas I have. Um, would love to chat to you or something along those lines. I can't even remember exactly what I said. And to her credit, she did actually email me back from her email address. It wasn't like one of her team. It wasn't PA, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, no, thank you for sending this over. Sounds like a really great idea. But um, how about speaking to the... Um, I think I think she'd either directed me to uh, the CEO of commercial banking or some one of the leadership team within our commercial and business banking world. Long story short, after getting the opportunity to speak to a few people and bring my ideas, um, I was then uh, given, I guess, the approval to work with Aston University. Um, so they have um, their Centre for Research in Ethnic Minority Entrepreneurship also known as CREM, um, who have been established, I think, for the past 20 to 30 years and have done a load of research around ethnic minority entrepreneurs, but ultimately to work with them and create a research report into ethnic minority entrepreneurship. But um, like looking at what are some of the opportunities um, that, that we can do or what are some of the things we should be thinking about and doing, because ultimately I went there with my, this is what I think, but... I think sometimes it's more convincing, particularly when you work for a bank and we're, we're numbers people, um, to have, you know, data and insight and research, academic research to back it up. Um, Definitely. So that was really exciting. Ended up working with Aston's University on this research report, which is called Time to Change, a blueprint for advancing the UK's ethnic minority businesses. Um, we launched the report last year. And ultimately, the report um, focuses on the fact that there is a lot of this high entrepreneurial ambition um, in ethnic minority um, ethnic minority communities, sorry, um, for various reasons. Um, and also the focus is on the contribution that people from ethnic minority backgrounds make in the UK, both culturally, socially and as businesses, hiring diverse people and um, being cultural hubs and being able to bring like like influencing the culture and communities um, and also being really um, ambitious being really innovative wanting to trade internationally but what that ultimately means is there's great opportunity for these businesses to really impact the UK economy like quite positively so at the moment the businesses contribute um the current businesses that are, that are here contribute 25 billion but actually if entrepreneurs were supported um, sort of at the same rate as the business population in general, um, that contribution could increase to 100 billion um, every wow. year. So that's four times as much economic contribution. And ultimately what happens is there's this high entrepreneurial ambition, but as you kind of go up like from having an idea to start up to growth, to scale and all of that, those numbers drop out and drop off. And there's a few reasons. There's access to finance, access to ready-made networks, access to sort of the support and advice that you need at the exact right times. And so through doing that work with the team, 
that was a really exciting moment. I then did take a year to go and spend with our internal diversity, equity and inclusion team. So working on um, supporting colleagues and thinking about what are some of the policies, processes that, that you need, I guess, as an internal person and for, for your colleagues mm. from a sort of people and HR perspective. But since the report was launched, my role, so Enterprise Community Strategy Director, was created. So now it's about focusing on working with the team to implement the report's recommendations for our organisation. So like using their insights and data to think yes. about how do we affect change internally, but also working with the team to engage external organisations to get them to think about how can we adopt some of these um some of these um recommendations as well and i mean at the moment the, the job is still new ish so i've been doing it for five months but we we've been planning for the past um few months we're looking to launch our sort of updated strategy early next year and then internally for me it's just about having conversations with um, some of our senior leaders and thinking about how where are there opportunities for us to to do more um so yeah, that's me. It's a great journey, and it's obviously you you mentioned at the start how you liked being in front of uh, individuals face to face in a branch. You nearly got that opportunity when you started the program. COVID come and sort of took the wind out of your sails, but you kept going. Um, and for you to then start be the be the individual who sort of started this journey with a report, and now you're at the forefront of. Okay, thanks for doing the report. Now, what's next? Can we implement it and and really support these communities? You're doing some tremendous work. So really, really well done. It's it's lovely to hear. Well, thank you. It's it's when you you know when you look backwards at like where mm. where you've led to. It's so interesting because I always feel like and a I never could have imagined that this is where I'd end up because I didn't know that this was a passion of mine until. I went into business banking and then met these businesses yeah. and heard these things. But also it's really nice to be able to, I think, see the, um, I guess, see the support and the encouragement and the changing landscape landscape of mindsets. Because I remember when I first started thinking about, oh, I'm just going to do these networking events for businesses from these communities and backgrounds to mm. now actually we've got this report that our colleagues are able to talk about and across the country, um, our colleagues who are sort of embedded regionally are working with local partners, they're delivering events, they're trying to engage with communities, they're talking about some of the report's recommendations and why they're trying to, to do more in this area. It's It does feel like there has been change and obviously there's still so much more to do but absolutely nice to know that 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 there's been that influence yeah and I'm, I'm sure there's other people who may be listening now that work in similar sort of organizations sim banks that may not have mm. these sort of programs set up mm -hmm. um i don't think every single bank that i know of has mm -hmm. has this sort of thing set up i could be wrong i'll put my hands up if i'm wrong mm -hmm. um but it's really important, I think, because mm -hmm. you've got a real big opportunity to have an impact on a community. And and like you say, you look left, you look right. You want to see representation of individuals that are going through similar things to you. Build that network and and talk to individuals. And I know it sounds funny, but uh, a senior leader like yourself, a black, a black individual who's really leading this project these entrepreneurs are going to be looking at that and thinking, look, there's someone who really, really cares because they get me. They understand mm -hmm. my journey. Mm -hmm. um, it's really lovely. 
Yeah, no, and I think you're so right. It is so important to, I think, be able to have people who do understand it or understand certain things, or even if to be able to sometimes explain some of these things, because I think before I worked for an organisation, and I never really thought about it because I think I started working for the organisation so young, like finances and things like that weren't high on my agenda, I have to be honest. But actually, mm-hmm. now that I've worked through it, I I can see, oh, OK, I understand now, you know, this is a business and this is why it runs and it has to think about its income and expenditure and it has to do this. Yeah. And so I think even sometimes just being able to demystify some of that as well is is also really helpful. Um, and certain mm. things, I think, you know, there's there, there's areas where maybe we can look at what what are we doing and how do we like better like reach out and and support and connect and also because I think some of these things if they were taught at a younger age or talked about when you know you're kind of in school and things like that like having a credit rating and what that means and what what applies to it and even I'm learning every day about some of the things that actually can impact it and don't impact it but actually it can be really important for when you are wanting to get finance or if you just want a credit card or if you're wanting to get a loan or things like that if you're wanting to like buy a house so I think it's so important for people to feel like they can talk to someone who understands them but also hopefully won't Mm. like make them feel like they can't ask the questions as well yeah, I think that's 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 the specialty you have. You'll be able to show empathy, uh, not sympathy, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you, when you show empathy, you can really put yourself in the shoes of the individual. Mm-hmm. You're not sympathising. Mm-hmm. You you get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, really really well done. And I think it's it's a great story. Um, as being someone who's worked in uh, retail banking, commercial banking, so I I, I get it. Like. Uh, when you when you see people and what that this is their livelihood right and they're they're working really really hard and if you can be part of that journey and really support them um it feels good it feels really really good so uh kudos to you it's it's really great that you and Nat West are obviously uh, supporting you and doing some really great things to support um ethnic minority, minority uh, businesses so really great is it and I, I did want to mention and I've, I've, I told you this before but I wanted to mention the uh, uh the NBA 30 uh, can you, would you mind just sort of like uh, just highlighting this just so people uh, on the podcast can just sort of know what this is about yes yeah, so um, we've recently um, supported an organization called Black British Initiative um, which was set up by um, Darren Miller and one of the chairs is Lord Michael Hastings and they are partnering with uh, SOAS University, University of London and the Stephen Lawrence Day Foundation and they've created this um, I guess quite dynamic mini MBA program so it's like a three-week program it takes um, black business owners um, who have are running a business um, but actually may feel like you know I want to develop some leadership skills I want to think about the next stages I want to grow my business and um, it gives them that opportunity to sort of hear from some industry experts on different aspects that will relate to them and their businesses but also I guess give them a bit of that breathing room and space to really be able to think about what's next what's the strategy because we through since I've been working in kind of like business bank business commercial banking and 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 sort of enterprise as we call it um we hear this phrase often it comes up over and over again but it's about working 
on your business and not in your business and obviously when you're an entrepreneur there are oh. so many things that you have to think about and particularly when you're in the early stages if you're sort of a sole founder you have to be the marketing person you have to be the financial <laughs> director you have to be the ceo you also have to be the if you've got business premises maybe the cleaner you know you literally wear so many different hats and don't get me wrong that's really i think it's great to be able to have that flexibility to be able to do all those those things but actually what it means is you're often sometimes like really just fighting fires and dealing with what's in yeah. front of you rather than thinking about where do I want to get to what's my ambition the growth of the business strategy mm. how do I set up systems to, to help me really grow and so I think the, the the great thing about this program is it gives the opportunity for businesses to be able to really think through some of those things and 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 again I, I'm a massive fan I'll say it all the time but I'm a big advocate of that like building networks as well I think when you're on things like this where you're one of the greatest things that you can get is that actually here being able to work alongside other people who are going through a similar journey to you so that you can relate feel less alone but also take learnings from each other and you know add value in, in your turn um, and so the program is uh, currently I think running its second cohort which would have started two days ago um, and I know that they're really ambitious to uh, do roll out more 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 cohorts next year so it's a very very exciting program yeah yeah it was really interesting when I read up on it so yeah I just recommend uh, ha ha I, I can share some links and, and our mm. listeners can then uh, can then check it out. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast, but we've got a bit of a we've got a bit of a closing tradition. So, my question to you is: Can can you name someone within your network who's really inspired you and, and tell us why? Um, yes, and I'm going to give you some some ones. Um, so, I am actually a judge for the Black Talent Awards. And the founder of that was is a, a woman called Denise Myers, who is also the CEO of Infields Careers, which is a recruitment company. And she set up the Black Talent Awards as a response to the rhetoric that we often hear is, oh, we're looking, but we can't find any black talent or we don't know where any black talent is. And um, I've been a judge for the past two years and it's actually one of the most incredible things that I've ever done for a number of reasons. Um, one of the reasons is actually all of the other judges who are going through the process are just really wonderful people, really caring, really supportive, but especially supportive of um, wanting to like elevate and, and elevate. Is that the right word? Shout about, I guess, advocate for black. Spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Spotlight. Sorry, the words sometimes go out of my head. <laughs> um, I think also just being inspired to to. Um, be part of something like this is my second favorite thing but the third favorite thing is getting the opportunity and I can't read them all because there are just so many but the, I'm only able to read the ones I'm the judge for but actually I can imagine if I was able to read every single category it would just be incredible but when you hear about the careers that some of these professionals are forging but also what they're doing above and beyond that because literally every single thing I read they're doing their careers, they're becoming heads of directors, CEOs, CFOs, senior partners, leaders, whatever. But then they're also doing so much in terms of like giving back, volunteering, setting up um, social enterprises, doing side hustles. And you just think, mm. wow, the where do you find all the hours in the days? is often my question when I'm reading some of these entries. Um, and so I think the team, Denise and um, Cheryl, um, who's also her co-founding, um, co um, um, 
just setting up that and the work that they do to to spotlight that is incredible so um two very inspirational women there for me but also i have a number of colleagues internally who inspire me every day and um Maybe a clumsy phrase, but when I started my journey in the bank, I joined our multicultural network and I have gone on a bit of a journey to collect some of my favourite black women who work internally, but <laughs> also a lot of our senior leaders. And so Honey Adjuan, Yinka Pedina, doesn't work for the bank anymore, but an incredible inspiration to me, Taiwo Oyeken and Obi Okorosa, um, are all senior black women in the organisation and there are there are an, a many more, but we actually, through the pandemic, started connecting more and now we have um, like regular catch-ups. But what I love is that we have this space where we can talk to each other, we can inspire each other, we champion each other, we cheer each other on. And it's just so nice to be part of that, but to also aspire to get to the positions that they're in and to see that all the work that they've done, like between them, they've set up a racial equality task force internally, set up our black professionals network, our chairs of our black professionals network have organized um, events to bring our black colleagues together and actually more widely as well. And so just, I think the tireless effort to constantly be like, what can we do to elevate, to support, to advocate, to champion is just very, very inspirational to me. But, and there are a whole host of other people who inspire me who I don't have time to mention, but <laughs> I'm sure you know who you are. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. But I think, um, look, I just want to finish on a thank you. You're doing some really amazing stuff uh, for, the, for the communities. And um, sometimes you don't stop and pause and reflect on the work you're doing and you're you, i'm sure you're an absolute inspiration to to some others so um thank you to yourself uh, i really appreciate you coming on the podcast and tell us about your journey thank you it's been it's been really fun no worries thank you so much Shania. i'm sure we'll speak soon thank you